amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. tonight i am so glad you guys are here we have a fantastic show once again tonight uh i have my buddy arkeem Ra in the studio tonight he has given me a fantastic blind target i had no idea what this was okay and it, it took a, several days before i found out what the actual target was uh and uh we're gonna explore this tonight he gave me a target of underground a city here in the United States where they may or may not have an underground facility, okay? And uh, and I knew what I was getting into tonight. I knew it might be a little bit dangerous. And uh, and I, th I think I think I was on target there, okay? So uh, so before we get into the target and the show, I do have Arkeem here in the studio tonight. Um, you guys go follow me on my website. That's thecryptedhuntress.com. All of my shows are there. Um, all the events that I'll be speaking at, uh, anything that pertains to me and the events that I've been at and all that kind of stuff, it's all there on my website. Uh, and if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do it there. Also, I have a fantastic um, show every uh, Wednesday and Thursday here on my channel. You guys always come and hang out with me live Wednesdays at 1, Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. And, uh, and also it's Spaced Out Radio. Y'all please come hang out with me on the weekends over there. I have a fantastic show. It's called Off the Trails, 10 p.m. Eastern, every Saturday and Sunday night. Uh, also, if you'd like to follow along with my data, my data is all posted on my Patreon account. That's the Cryptid Huntress. So you guys can become a member of my Patreon and have full access to all of my remote viewing data and more. And also, uh, if you'd like to support what I do, you can also Go hang out at my shop on Etsy. You guys go check out the goods. Uh, there's a shop. It's called War Woman Goods over there. That information is on the ticker down below. Okay. Thank you guys for all your support. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank all of my moderators for being here tonight and for all of my 
my friends that are in the chat okay and everybody listening on podcast in the future okay i'm in the i guess you're in the future <laughs> um yeah time time is only an illusion here on this channel okay <laughs> all right okay y'all well let's get to the target tonight and let me introduce my guest Arkeem Ra is a star seed who is targeted for a super soldier espionage mind control program in U.S. public schools, talented and gifted program. He served at Montauk under Project Phoenix and has had several alters which engaged with time travel and alternate reality programs in what he believes may have been a swap alternate reality. Arkeem's alters have also worked with Not Waffen, Mars Defense Force, Solar Warden, Lunar Command, and more. You guys can find Arkeem on his YouTube channel. That is Disclosure Now with an exclamation point behind it. Uh, he and my buddy Brian Singh are actually doing a show together over there. So please go check them out and help me welcome to the show tonight, my friend Arkeem. Thank hey, you Arkeem. so much for having me on the show. As usual, um, it's always a pleasure to talk with you wherever it may be. It's always a blast. So yeah, thanks again for having me. Of course, Arkeem. Man, I've I've really enjoyed getting to know you and getting to hang out with you. Uh, I had the pleasure of going up to Montauk uh, with you and a group of people. And uh, boy, that was quite an experience. Yeah, definitely. It was the experience of a lifetime, to say the least. Um, it was. It was it was. Well, we talked about doing some remote viewing targets together when uh, we were up there. And uh, and lo and behold, you sent me a really cool remote viewing target. You just sent me a, a set of coordinates, some numbers. And uh, and I, I recently did that target. And uh, and you did warn me that it could be a little dangerous. OK. Uh, and you you understand the the levels of, you know, danger of doing things like this when it's like remote viewing and uh, anything that can be in the ethereal realm, right? And uh, and so I, I did do some extra protection and uh, and I went in and, and hit this target. So tell me a little bit about what the target is. All right, so how I came upon this target, uh, if anyone's seen my Journey to Truth interview, which go check that out if you haven't seen it, um, I talked about just briefly, um, I had like an altar reach out to me and tell me that they're at this house in Davenport, Iowa. And they told me that the, who you would know was Gerard Butler is what they said. So like it was an altar, get a different name probably, but, um, <clears throat> it was the same guy as the actor. And, uh, yeah, he said they're at some house and he gave, he just gave me the address and he told me like I could drive there and see him if he if I'd like. And I, I like I said in the Journey to Truth interview, like obviously it was kind of like tempting, but it was more freaked out than anything. Like the kind of situation where you, you feel like you need to carry a gun, and if it's a situation where you feel like you need to carry a gun, maybe just don't go into the situation at all, right? So that's where the start of that came up. And then I have like you know a lot of experiences where I'm taken to these underground facilities and. I have a feeling that there's more than one that they take me to. It's like I where I wake up in like a clone body or something like that. And I I just have this feeling also, you know, it comes from, you know, the thing where they sent me the exact address to what was probably a house that there's probably an elevator in one of the closets or something like that, or like a stairwell or whatever that'll bring you there is what I'm imagining. <laughs> but um, basically, like, I just kind of started like realizing like and feeling like oh what happened uh -oh. 
have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, you just hopped off, but you're back. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, I just kind of had like a feeling like after being sent there, like intuition wise, like I had this feeling and I still do that something's going on underneath Davenport, Iowa. And another interesting thing that like when I heard it, it kind of freaked me out was uh, Hillary Clinton did this interview. Um, I can't remember the name of the show or whatever, but it was like some podcast that's hosted by this black woman. And she just made this uh, really weird, Hillary made this really weird comment about being made in a man's garage in Davenport, Iowa. And, you know, this was after the whole, that my author gave me the address in Davenport. And uh, I was in, uh, then another recent thing that happened where it really inspired me to reach out to you was I was in Limon, Colorado. I was just at a hotel sleeping and I woke up and I had the memory of like this like guy with a face in his chest being experimented on by this dude who I call Professor Moriarty, which I think the guy from Sherlock's Holmes might actually be based on him, like like loosely or something like that. Because, you know, there's a whole lot of that going on. A lot of people in this community know that. But, um, yeah, he's just, like, I just remember this guy does, like, really weird experiments on people. And, like, people wake up in clone bodies down there. And he's just kind of, like, mad with power. And he just kind of does things because he feels like it because he wants to. And uh, it's just really bizarre stuff. Like, I know that it's probably, like, a lot for, for people to handle. Like, it probably all sounds really weird. But that's basically what I recall. It's just, like, there's this giant underground facility underneath Davenport, Iowa. And... For me, the the memories are all like really disjointed, and some of it's coming from like where my alter want, sent me that address and like stuff Hillary Clinton said, and like so I I sent you the blind target because I thought it would be a good way for me to like confirm like okay like is there something to this? Is there something really actually going on here? Like I kind of wanted a confirmation, you know what I mean? So that's part of the reason why I reached out to you to do this, and then I also thought that we could just get more information on it as well. Yeah. Okay. Whoa, this is so cool. And uh, and listen, cloning facilities and underground facilities are no stranger to the Cryptid Hunters channel, Arkeem. Uh, I have been remote viewing blind targets for uh, years, okay? And, uh, and for my show here um, on Thursday nights, um, I have been given so many different targets. And even back when I was doing shows on Friday nights on another, uh, well, I guess I'm still on my channel. Um, I would, I would inadvertently stumble upon underground facilities, okay? And a lot of targets or several targets that dealt with uh, government cloning programs, okay? Uh, and I don't even know if it's like our government or like agencies or some sort of cloning programs that were going on that involved cryptids and giants and things like that. Um, and so it's not it's not unusual whatsoever. And, uh, and so it's, it's not shocking. And they're usually in places like Missouri or Iowa, somewhere that, you know, it's not under like major cities like New York or LA, the ones that I stumble upon aren't, they're out in the Midwest, you know, um, kind of, uh, you, you wouldn't think they'd be down there, I guess, uh, in my opinion. So, yeah. Well, so I think this, do what? I'm from the Midwest. So you're from yeah. the Midwest. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, this, this, this target, when I, when I sent you the information before we reveal the data, uh, what did you think about this? Because, um, before, before, like I said, before we reveal it, did you see my data and think, man, this was, could be on target? Uh, the notes that you gave me, they're a little, um, 
kind of what's the word for it? Cryptic. Yeah. But it it sounded like you're talking about something underneath the ground. Yes. And that was enough for me. Yes. Where you had to have been at least slightly on target. You had to have been on target. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So with with my remote viewing data, so what I do is coordinate remote viewing to explain it to the audience tonight. So what I'm doing is called coordinate remote viewing. And uh, and so I'm given a set of of numbers, eight numbers. Our team assigned some numbers to this target, which was underneath the ground, underground of Davenport, Iowa. Okay. And uh, and with those numbers, they, they have it. Those are my target. Okay. They're attached to that target. So all he gave me were those numbers. And, uh, and I didn't know what they were going to be. It could have been anything from a statue to an event, to a location, to a person. It could be anything. Um, and so, yeah, so I, so I was given those numbers. Now, when I sent you the data, I have all this raw data that I have written out on paper. And, uh, and so it's, it's kind of hard for you to translate it, not knowing what it is. So tonight, what we're going to do is go over all of it. And, uh, and I'm going to go over all this, uh, with you and the audience. Okay. So we can all kind of, um, kind of figure some of this out because I don't believe, you know, I don't claim that remote viewing data is always 100% accurate on point. This is just me pulling information out of the matrix from those eight numbers that you gave me. Okay. And, uh, and, and most of my targets I'm pretty on target with, okay. For the most part. And, uh, and if nothing else, we'll just get some information out of it. Okay. A little bit of information. Um, so, so the target was underground under Davenport, Iowa. Okay. Now I'm going to go ahead and start off by going over some of the data. And, uh, and so what I start off with is my sensory data. That's what I'm sensing as soon as I sit down to write out this target. And I started, uh, some of the, some of the words that I wrote down were open, fast, indefinite, immediately internal, rapid. I was feeling nauseated. Something was going really fast. I felt very alone and lonely confused and I was waiting, but I was underneath something and I was very cold. Okay. Now when I'm trying to make sense of what I'm uh, sensing, make sense of what I'm sensing, um, I write down my analytic overlay. That's like me making sense of my sensory data. So I was, I heard brick by brick, clear audiently. And I was, I was seeing bricks. Um, I heard alleged. Okay. And then I picked up on a portal teleportation in a time machine okay strapped okay strap can mean a bunch of stuff like strapped to me means you got a, a gun on you okay <laughs> but i wrote down strapped and i heard clear audiently um Arkeem, i heard it's gone then i uh, wrote down space age back and forth underground bunkers and tunnels undetected and then i wrote down sonar night vision thermal imaging a game cam uh, and then I was getting goosebumps, but I heard forever. Okay. Uh, I, I heard the word forever. And, uh, and I wrote down a, a sketch for my stage three of my remote viewing. I usually draw a sketch and it was uh, something going down. Okay. There was something going down. So it was, I knew that whatever this target was, was underground, a hundred percent, something underground. Okay. So, I mean, just starting off, what do you think? That's just my first page of data, Arkeem. Was that kind of, was that kind of on target you think? Or could it yeah, be? I think I think so. I think you're giving me um, certain things there that maybe I, I wouldn't understand fully, but it would make sense that there's like some sort of jump gate down there, and maybe that's why there's that house uh, um, on 
it's it's uh, it's on Belmont Avenue or something like that in um Davenport. There's a house and uh yeah, like I had the exact exact address written down somewhere, but I've got um, it. You gave it to me. Did I? I, I maybe we shouldn't say it on air, but we've we've yeah, got it for like, sure. There there might be people who I don't know, like live there yeah. or something and like now maybe they don't know about it. I, I don't know, like I wouldn't want to risk like people going there to check it out and then maybe there's people there or something like that. Yeah. Or their neighbors get spooked because people are going to check it out or something. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it's best to leave some things private. Uh, I don't know if I should have even said Belmont Ave, but anyway, yeah, this is like this exact house and I did find it on Google maps, but um, yeah, it, it, it would make sense that there's some sort of access point there, I guess. And then, the feeling cold, um, confused, and stuff like that. That sounds to me like classic MK Ultra programming. Um, like that's what they do to people. They throw them in a room in the dark, naked, to keep it cold and wet, and just try to make you uncomfortable as possible. And it sounds to me like there's some sort of like Montauk almost like facility going on there, like some sort of time bubble, especially with you saying the forever thing. Uh -huh. Like sounds to me like it's in a time bubble maybe. And then that would explain why it's also undetectable um, by sonar and, and all that stuff. It's Cause it's technically not there. It's in a time bubble. Right. So, which is really, I don't even claim to understand all that, but that's like a thing that's exist that exists like time bubbles. Like when you leave the time bubble, then you'll end up back in a certain year or a certain place in time. But the time bubble itself is kind of like, a drift in time space and can kind of pop up like in different spots, depending on where the people are in the, where the people inside the time bubble are dragging it by the stuff they're doing, like time travel stuff. It's, yeah. it's all really confusing. Like I said, I, I don't claim to understand it, but yeah, the thing that I feel and I'm curious, it, like intuition wise, what you think of about it is like, I felt like there was, experiments going on like like yeah yes like well i felt like there's definitely something going on down there uh and i've got i've got more data of course uh to go through i've got my stage four uh and beyond uh, after that but i was definitely feeling lonely and and like cold and just felt very isolated down there and uh and i don't know if i was picking up on a particular person or a group of people or what but it was definitely something underground definitely feeling lonely definitely not feeling comfortable confusion. at all confusion yeah absolutely yeah because like what it is is this guy will just like moriarty he'll he'll just wake people up down there and then they'll be like where the fuck am i like what is this and there's all this crazy stuff like you know it's like Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com you know like out of a science fiction movie like yeah so like people when they wake up down there they're definitely confused i would say wow like, that reminds me of that montauk movie that we watched um actually down and when we were in montauk we watched the movie that night and uh 
the Montauk Chronicles, and it sounds very similar to that. Uh, what a lot of you guys who are survivors of that went through, unfortunately, um, and people yeah. that didn't survive too. Yeah. Um, I also, when I woke up from like uh, when I was in Lemon, Colorado, or wherever, and I, I remembered the the um, guy with the face in his chest. Like at, fir at first I thought that um, it was like an experiment and the reason why the guy was freaking out, because I just remember he was freaking out and he was in pain and it was like really cruel what I was wit witnessing, this, this being, what he was enduring. And like when I woke up, I kind of just was struck by the guy that, the, he, that he had a face on his chest and I figured that that's why he was probably freaking out because it's kind of like a disjointed memory in a way. But then... uh my buddy Bakta Peter, who I actually recently interviewed him on my channel, he knows a lot about like the Indian Vedic texts and stuff like that. And uh, he sent me this uh, picture of like uh, the headless men or whatever. Like it's like, like they have a name for it. I forgot what it is, but it's in like the Vedic text that like they're these, a tribe of beings that existed that they had their faces like on their bodies like that. And there are drawings of them, like ancient drawings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they, that's what they actually look like is they have their faces on their chest. And, that's what the guy looked like, like just like that. Yeah. Wow. So I'm like, yeah. And, and I, 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 this guy was like experimenting on one of those th dudes for whatever reason. And I really, I really get the sense that, sense that like, okay, there, like there's probably a more, multiple layers to this, more than one, because there's floors and there's different things going on, on different floors. But I just know that there's this particular floor that has a pretty wide open space, like almost like warehouse like. And this Moriarty guy just has equipment everywhere. He's got cloning tubes where he can, you know, wake people up and stuff like that. And uh, it's just this weird place. And he'll be up for like days. He'll be up for like days at a time. Like, I don't know if he's on like black goo or if he's doing like pharmaceutical grade amphetamines or something like that. But he'll be up for days. And um, just a really creepy guy. Doesn't talk very much, but he'll he'll tell you tell you things, ask you questions, but. And I, I just remember that when I wake up down there, like I kind of just go with uh, what he says to do because he like he gets really angry, and uh, it's just really scary. I think like like it's just a scary place to wake up and be for pretty much anyone, even even if he's like being nice to you. Because because another thing that he'll do for me is like he'll, he'll like be being nice to me, and he'll be like, "Oh, I have this person down here for you. I you know got, I caught their consciousness and like, yeah, you can hang out with them." And in my mind, I'm thinking I'd rather have you just not do that, man. Like if I <laughs> like someone, like the last thing I want is for you to wake them, have them wake up in this nightmare fucking facility with me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's just, he just doesn't grasp that kind of stuff though. Like he's very much so like the perfect sociopath kind of guy who all he wants to do is experiment. All he wants to do is see what happens, push the limits, and he just doesn't really have any feelings about it. No empathy, no remorse. Like the perfect kind of guy for these these programs to hire so that they can push the limits of what they're capable of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we're we're gonna actually get into those that that person that you saw on there with no head and a face on his chest. We're gonna get into that after I finished my data because I actually did some research on that and that's a historical type of an ancient people. Okay. It's a race of people, actually, and uh, and it's supposed to be a mythological people, okay? However, I question that, 
Okay, I question it. We're going to get into that in just a little bit um, because those are called the blimmies, I believe, the blimmies or the blimmies. And, uh, and we're really going to, we're, we're definitely going to talk about that. I've been, I've been wanting to talk about those for a long time, Arkeem. So uh, the fact that you brought that up and you've actually experienced a humanoid, okay, blimme, basically, um, it's it's pretty it, it blows my mind okay so um so let me just go ahead and finish the data and uh and then we're going to get in the blimmies a little bit and and whatever else we get into tonight um but um but okay so i did pick up on a, a tangible some of my tangible sensory data uh were people okay so there were a lot of people down there Akeem. so there's a lot of people underneath the ground in whatever this facility is whatever's going on underneath davenport there are people down there Okay. Um, abrasive. I was feeling like it was very abrasive and it was, I kept getting all this data about going under, under and below and, you know, deep underground. So this is not like just surface level, like look right below the surface this is like deep under the ground there. Um, but yeah, uh, something very abrasive. Um, now I heard the word, I uh, heard the phrase in motion. Okay. So something's in motion down there. Uh, Cavalier. Okay. Cavalier was one of my, uh, one of my AOLs agenda there's an agenda that's a work in progress that's going on down there so to me that tells me there's something now in the moment going on there right now it's not like in the future in the past i think it was in the future in the past but at this moment there is something going on there okay uh but it's there's undercover agents uh, i wrote down undercover agents through time and i was picking up on the matrix like the movie the matrix okay and I heard, and I heard time is an illusion. Okay. So that actually goes back to the time aspect, the time travel, the teleportation that I was picking up on uh, this going on down there. And then I, then I picked up on, I wrote down the word subdued. So something subdued, I don't know what that is, but, um, but basically that's kind of my information. Like that's my data in a nutshell right there. Uh, that's kind of the gist of it. A hundred percent some kind of agency slash government program i believe is going on down there um super deep underground potentially a dumb or a deep underground military base of some sort i didn't pick up on military but it could be some sort of a government installation um but there is something going on down there it requires agents and um yeah it's, it's a underground base kind of a thing or a facility that uh, is undetected this I mean, is, that's what I was picking up on. My intuition talking, like not really like memory, but something tells me that it's a time corporation from an alternate reality that built a facility down there. Yeah. Yeah, like a time corporation. Because what they'll do, it, like they go to alternate timelines all the time, you know, and stuff. Like, for instance, like at Montauk, my designation was Dark Phoenix 4458B or something very similar to that with the numbers. Um, might not be exact, but it was something like that. But I remember clearly the B meant that I was no longer in the original reality that I came from. And uh, yeah, so like there's re reality swaps that happen all the time, which they call bubble swaps. They call them bubble swaps because they're swapping from one time bubble to another time bubble. And the reason why they do these bubble swaps is because when somebody comes to the has memories come and they're talking about it on the surface, they're talking about an alternate reality. Um, that that's like a security wall 
where the information won't go through because we're in an entire different reality. So yeah, that's just one of the reasons while they'll do these bubble swaps where they'll take a, a version of a person from one reality and a version of a person from another reality and swap them. And wow. uh, I think that's why there's people who have testimony of like Solar Warden being like really good and like really positive and then other people have testimony that's like bad and like sometimes people's testimony isn't exactly the same. Um, I think that's that's because people are failing to grasp how monumentally important the alternate reality uh, aspect of all this is. It's like we are communicate, we are in communication with alternate realities. We know they exist. Every single U.S. president knows about this. This was uh, demonstrated uh, as early as. Uh, what was it? Whenever Andrew Basiago got returned, oh, yeah. He, he, yeah, he got re Project returned. Project Pegasus. Yeah, he got Pegasus. returned from an alternate. Yeah, he got returned from an alt. He went. He ended up in the wrong reality. He went some. It was some. His family wasn't in his family home. Some lady was there instead. He explained what that his family was supposed to be there. She eventually somehow the, the it went all the way up to the president that there's this kid from an alternate reality. They figured out how to place him in the right reality, and then they did. So that proves that our government is aware of these alternate realities and they're communicating with them. And uh, I can testify from my own experience about these bubble swaps. I'm probably the first person to ever use that term. That's what they call it. They call it bubble swaps because of the time bubble aspect. And they're trading from bubble to excuse me. They're trading from bubble to bubble. Um, and yeah, I think that it sounds to me like this is a facility from one of those like time corporations that are from maybe an alternate reality, like Kruger would be an example of one of those corporations. Not that this is Kruger. I mean, maybe it is, I don't know, but it, I, I just sense that this is an alternate reality we're dealing with. That's come into our, our reality to mess with it for weird reasons. And it's like you said, it's an agenda that's in progress. So mm -hmm. it sounds to me like this facility is extremely dangerous and maybe it's a good thing that we're talking about it. Like maybe like it's one of those things where our own government should be more aware of it if they're not already aware of it. Um, but it sounds to me like like a definitely like a nefarious uh, group operating down there, not a positive group. And I think you'd probably agree with that from the vibes you seem to get. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you I do get some attention of some interesting people, I'm sure, uh, with my remote viewing show. <laughs> I uh, definitely have gotten a proverbial knock at my door at least once. Um, well, I'm just going to say once on uh, some on my targets that I, I look into. Um, so I do know that I have the attention of some very interesting people, let's just say. Um, and so, yeah. And I'm sure I'll probably hear from them after after this show tonight. Who knows? Uh, Arkeem, can you tell me exactly what is the solar warden? Because, you know, my my uh, viewers, a lot of times, a lot of us are just like big into Bigfoot and Dogman and cryptids. And uh, right. and I have had guests like yourself on my shows uh, that talk about the secret space program. But my, my audience may not be familiar with that. Okay. Solar warden is basically the Navy's space fleet. To, to just put it really simply, uh, we're already in space. The Navy already has a space fleet, um, and that's that's what it's called. It's called Solar. There's Solar Warden, and then there's Radiant Guardian. And Solar Warden um, operates from like here to like maybe Mars, and then past there, that's Radiant Guardian. And it's just it's just a military that protects this part of space, monitors who's coming in, who's coming out, almost like. Uh, they're, they're kind of like border patrol 
for like uh for like our region of space in a way. But they they do more than just that. But yeah, like like the the space navy probably does more than just patrol this region of space. Um, in fact, I know they do more than just that. But a lot of the most basic like military stuff that we have going on is is just you know just holding down this this region of space, protecting it, um, just monitoring who's coming in, coming out. Uh, with the portal aspect and these some of these really aspect. A really advanced et obviously it's it's not perfect you know there's people that jump over the the figurative wall you know what i mean like 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 here like in the united states you know they can build a wall they want there's people gonna people jump over it sometimes it makes things harder things make things more difficult difficult but not impossible so there's still an et group that end up in our region of space or end up coming here uh that you know slip past but the main idea is that Solar Warden is just kind of supposed to protect our region of space, and it's it, it's American program, and they they do work with other other uh, militaries and stuff like that. There's a lot of co cooperation going on out there uh, between uh, like Russian, Chinese, whatever militaries. You'd be surprised how well they get along out there because they because things are different and they need to. And there's there's bigger enemies to worry about like mutual enemies that you know when you have mutual enemies it tends to make make you friends sometimes so there's a whole lot of that going on uh, off world but yeah um it's just you know just just one of many space militaries to answer the question oh wow it's almost like the it's so much bigger than us down here on earth and uh and and i think it was ronald reagan president reagan had said in a speech that uh, it would take something like an alien invasion basically to bring us all together uh in in the world and it's not when you think about it on a large scale like that it seems like everything down here is just for show and it's like all theater or something in a way because we're all down here fighting while there's like stuff going on in the universe okay and we are fully involved in it as americans as the united states and china and russia and all the different countries um it just it puts a whole new perspective on things i guess so um okay i was going to ask you a question about like how long space force like the real space force has been around but i mean time is obviously a non-factor <laughs> kind of when it comes it's to this confusing stuff. And, I, and, I, and i don't claim to know um if i were to answer that question it'd be probably based on like other people's testimony as far as space force um yeah, yeah I, I really don't know um my guess is probably like the the 80s is probably how long it's been around and i do know that there was like a joint to land on mars that was i think in the like 19 i might be totally off on this but it's like 1971 or something like that where was actually different groups from earth there's like russians chinese i don't know there, there was this you, you can actually find video of it somewhere on youtube it's like of them landing on mars uh it's on the channel 3x channel that has a lot of the preston nichols stuff and everything like that um it, it shows a guy lecturing and giving a speech and he shows some of that video where they land on mars and i, I believe it's 100 real uh but yeah um you know, there's also talk that, like I said, this is other people's testimony. So I'm just saying what, you know, other people have said. But apparently because of, like, if you open up a portal, like, that's what they use for space travel. Like, really long t space travel to shorten the distance, you know, make it faster. But when you can do that, you can go anywhere in time space. So you can go back in time or forward in time, too. So a weird thing that happens when, these, when a lot of these uh, military organizations achieve space travel is they also achieve time travel. And because of that, 
when they're looking for a place to uh, colonize, they look at it way differently than you might think they do. They they might look back at time um, or forward in time to find the exact right time to sneak in somewhere where it's like a really nice place that white people would want. We'll sneak in there at the right time when it's uninhabited. You know what I mean? So it's, um, yeah. So they go back and forward in time, depending on what's convenient for them when they build these colonies. And uh, I, I supposedly when the Germans like left new Schwabenland and in, in Antarctica uh, and uh, started building out, space colonies supposedly they went back to like the 1600s or something like that is what some people say i think penny bradley talks about that and yeah so it gets like when you talk about the time travel aspect of things like it gets really crazy like but like like just imagine the having that capability and the things you can do like it gets pretty wild and and what people need to start wrapping their mind around is like when you think like hypothetically okay if i did have time travel would i be able to do this and it seems crazy, but a lot of times the answer is yes. Like you literally can go back in time and colonize a planet before anyone gets there. You literally can do these things that seem so, so absurd, but out there it's just like normal life. Like it's just part of like everybody out in, well, not everybody, but a great majority of like the colonies out there and stuff like that. Like they know time travel is real and they know that it's dangerous and it's like highly illegal. So most people don't mess with it. But like, yeah, um, it's it's something that every like it's kind of not like it's kind of taken for granted on some planets. Whereas here, like, we're still just barely even wrapping our minds around it. Oh my gosh, I have so much to say right now, and so many questions. When you say that it's highly illegal, who is policing that? Like, is there like a universal inter- or like um like a police force out there? Yeah, there's time, there's time cops. Yeah, time cops. Isn't it's there a movie about time cops? It's Mantids that run the, the time, the most powerful time policing organization. It's Mantids that run it. And I have an alter that works for them named Jonas, actually. And um, Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Um, yeah, they, they, uh, they, they use humans to like deal with like, okay. It's like if a human's polluting the timeline and changing things in a way that it's not good, they don't want to, they're not going to send a 14 foot tall mantid being to talk to you and stop you. They have a, they have a, they have humans that work for them that do it for them so that you won't freak out and you might actually listen to them and understand better. So yeah. Uh, and they have all sorts of different ET groups that they work with and um, that, that are all part of it. And um, it's all for the greater good, like to protect the timeline. So everybody's like, there's a lot of people that they might be different. They might have different cultural beliefs, this and that, but they're all very much so on the same page because um, what a lot of people don't realize is timelines can collapse. They're sentient. 
they're alive. They get born like children, like babies, like, and um, they're 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 male or female. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff that people don't under understand about timelines, and um, they can collapse. Timelines can completely collapse. There are entities that exist that can eat timelines, like like us, like you would eat a sandwich at Subway, and uh, so there's a lot of very different beings that might not get along on every single front but when it comes to the timeline being protected they're 100 on board with each other and so yeah it's a huge thing and there's more than one time corporation um like most like most of the human ones are not benevolent most of the human ones are very very much so like just like military organizations trying to gain power but like from my personal testimony I've seen that the Manted beings and their time, their time cop organization that they have is 100% just like to protect the timeline. Like it's good. It's benevolent. And um, yeah, so I've never talked about that before ever in an interview. So yeah, that's, that's something that I could do a whole interview on. And I've also talked to like uh, somebody who, who's in this community. Her name is Yovanda Wells and she makes these uh, wands and she, she interacts with these, these same Manted beings, these same, mantis beings and uh they're really interesting creatures um i respect them a lot to be honest with you like i really respect them a lot like and uh yeah um i guess that i hope that helps maybe answer your question a little bit about the, the whole time okay. cop thing Ab absolutely and arkeem i gotta tell you i've encountered a mantid being before okay uh, i have actually had one in my bedroom one time yeah. so yeah uh it was wearing a cloak with a hood on it yeah, that's and, uh, what they wear. Yeah, really? So we never even talked about this. Yeah, no, they wear, I've never they told you that. With little yeah. or like capes, but yeah, yeah, usually it's like it's like almost like a cape, but with a hood on it. I, I it's exactly what it was. It was standing. It was very, it was very tall. It was standing by my bed, and uh, and I could see its hand, like its hands, and it was moving oddly, and uh, and I and I I drew it make a, a sounds. I don't remember the sound. I, sounds. I don't or remember the sound. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, that's, if, that's how they talk. But since you're a human, there's no need for them to do that. They usually speak to us telepathically. Telepathic. What's funny about them? What's funny about them? Get this. So the one that I like work for, like my boss, um, his name is like his some crazy like that that I'd never be able to pronounce, right? Because they <laughs> they talk in a language that human beings can't even make the vowel forms and stuff like that. So I didn't know what to call him, and I was he's like he's like just call me just just something, just call me whatever, you know. Call me make Bob. Came call and literally, I call him Steve. I call him Steve. And what's hilarious about this is so y Yovanda Wells, who yeah. she makes these wands and organ organite pyramids and stuff like that. Her stuff is amazing. It's all like one hundred percent real. Like I believe that she makes very powerful tools. And these mantid beings like actually instruct her on how to make these wands. Like they actually showed her, and she talks to me about this at the Journey to Truth conference. And I never told her about this whole Steve the mantid. And she said the one that she works for, that she knows or whatever, his name is Jerry. She calls him Jerry. So, like, it's very much so, like, a universal thing where they have, like, the human beings that know them. They just give them, like, because, like, it'd be rude to give them a name that's, like, alien and, like, stranger. You know what I mean? Like, just give them a normal name, like, a human name. And it's just to have a reference point in your mind when you're telepathically communicating with them because of how we think like with language and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's literally just to have a reference point. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the mantid beings are, I think I've heard from uh, other people and I, I believe it because of how much I encountered them. I've heard from other people that they're the most common form of 
like sentient, like intelligent life across the galaxy because uh, the the way their birth cycle works. Like when 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 they're born, there's just like a bunch of them. You know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, there there there's probably groups that are mantids that aren't. Because uh, that's another thing, people are always like, "Oh yeah, well the Greys, they're evil, and the the Reptilians, are, they're 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 evil, but the Blue Arcturians, they're good." Like people think way too polarized when it comes to that stuff. Like there's bad mantid beings out there, and there's good ones. There's bad human beings out there, and there's good ones. Like, and I could just go down the line. There's bad Reptilians out there, and there's decent ones. Like you know what I mean? Like it's not like like. Not everything isn't so black and white and universal. Like, look at Earth. Look at how many different cultures and how many different ways ways of life we have, and how different one culture across the world will be from another culture. So, like, we really like to do a one size fits all kind of thing when we're talking about aliens. And I think it like ET and everything. And I I think it really like limits like the truth of like what it's actually out like there in people's minds when they're trying to comprehend it like a lot of the times like people limit their thinking way too much when they're trying to comprehend these ets and that's and 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 so yeah when i say that the ones that i dealt with are positive like that doesn't mean they all are but i do know that there's an overarching like a very large group of mantid beings that are out there that they're pretty much good like they just they just they just hang out and and like they want they're trying to protect the timeline and make sure everybody's okay and like they they're very they have a lot of military might they're very powerful and they actually try to use it to help people so um that's that's what i can testify as far as is like the time cops and the mantid beings and stuff i was a, a, a bit of a rant but i'm sure people will find it interesting so oh gosh i i sure do because i've always wondered what in the world was that mantid doing by my bed it was like a mantid type of, of a praying mantis is what i always called it but it was gigantic yeah, like. uh and so but but it all makes sense now because yes i do feel like part of my mission here on earth has something to do with the timelines and it does have something to do with time and time travel well, i heard myself say time travel from across the the field one night so there's all sorts of this time stuff going on in my yeah, life you want to know, know what steve told me the, the last time i saw him and this is how i got the memory of him this happened within the past couple of years it, it was when I, it was like, like, like three months after I started talking about like Montauk and stuff like that. Like I went on Penny Bradley's show and stuff like that. And I got taken by this thing or I shouldn't call him this thing. It's my, he's my friend, not this thing. He, I got taken by Steve and um, he just showed me, he's like, he activated Jonas, which is one of my alters, which I had no clue this altar existed. I never had memories of him. And I only got memories back of him existing because of that night where he activated me. And yeah, apparently I work for them. And um, he just told me like your cover altar, meaning like me, you're talking to now. He's like, your cover altar is like changing the timeline by what they're talking about on the internet. And uh, you know, they're opening a lot of people's minds and hearts and activating all these different people that, they wouldn't have been activated if it wasn't for them and it's changing the timeline in a big way. And he said, and, and one of the reasons why I'm in a lot of these programs is because we have, they, they tested to see what's the most pull on timelines so they can change things more effectively. And I'm apparently someone who has pull. Well, anyway, he said in this current incarnation, you really haven't any pull. You really haven't had done anything that mattered to change the timeline. And all of a sudden, your cover author is going on the internet talking about Montauk, talking about this, talking about that. And he's like, what he's like, I need you to pass this along. Like he wanted me to remember it and he wanted him to pass it along to me. He's like, what I want him to understand is 
if you want something to happen in the future, something that hasn't happened yet, don't talk about it. Because there's groups that might find your, his videos and then see, oh, that's going to happen, and then they'll prevent it. It's like intel that they can gather. And he said, if you don't want something to happen in the future, then talk about it. Because then there's groups that might come out and you know what I mean? And he basically just explained to me that it's actually really important what I talk about. And I need to be careful because I don't want them changing things and messing with things because of Intel that they got from me just publicly talking about it on a YouTube video. Like he basically just sat me down and like, was like, look, bitch, this shit is real. Be careful. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, uh, and we're and what's crazy about it is we were in this like room and it was like a holographic room. And he was showing me like events and like, he's like, yeah, you made this happen. I'm like, what? I made it. He's like, yeah, you made that happen because of this. And then he, then he like literally like would be in the event. He's like, yeah. And then this made this happen. And it was like, we're in this holodeck where it was like, it's almost like the chronovisor. I think that's what it was, but it was a chronovisor. Like it was like, we were literally in the events, but we weren't there. We were like, like flies on the wall. You know what I mean? And he was just showing me like all this different stuff. It was like, we're on a holodeck. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy. And, uh, yeah, he's just like, it was just like, basically like be, be really careful. You know what I mean? And like use this, uh, power that you have to talk about all the stuff that happened publicly, use it, use it, but be really careful. Is basically what he told me. Oh yeah. Words. We, we have a lot of power with our words and, uh, and you and I both, we reach a lot of people with all the events that we're at and the, the shows that we're doing. And, uh, and, and that's just part, it's part of what we're here to do, I, I believe. And, uh, and so, wow. I mean, you actually answer some questions that I've had with my own personal experiences tonight that, uh, that, that means a lot to me. And I appreciate that, uh, the, with the, with the time stuff and the time, the, the mantis, mantid beings and, um, I do have another question for you, though, because one of the only targets that I ever did that I got that proverbial knock at my door that was like, keep your mouth shut. It involved the Apollo 11 moon landing. OK, now I'm not going to get into that tonight, but I do want to say that I always the one thing that I do talk about is I don't believe that we got there with the rocket ship. OK, I do believe people have gone to the moon. OK, there's people on the moon. Um but I don't think we got there the way they said that we did. Okay. How do people transport? Is it portals? Is that how people are going through stargates to get to the moon and to um, Mars? There's stargates. Um, sometimes they do it by shuttle. Um, I don't understand why that is. Like, that's a weird thing to me. But, like, I feel like when I was – I don't know. It's it's confusing. But I, I, I know that uh, – Yes, they have jump gates to the room, and then I know that the room, the the moon has a jump gate that I went to all the time on. And I remember, I can't remember exactly what program, but I remember that I would end up, and on the moon in this room, this portal room, a lot. And I would see this guy, and uh, actually he was at the Montauk trip, our buddy Steve, mm -hmm. and I called him the man on the moon. And I remember his laugh, his <laughs> his laugh. He's got the same laugh in the here and now. But yeah, um, there's portals, there's shuttles. Um, there's also like like a shuttle from the moon to Mars. And another thing about the moon too is it's like the Ellis Island of Earth where like you kind of like, if you're coming here officially, you go there and check in first with them at like, yeah, and show them your credentials and what you're doing, everything. And th they make sure it's okay. And then they okay, okay, enjoy your time on Earth or whatever. So, like, if there's humanoid aliens that want to visit Earth and stuff like that, like, a lot of them just do it. They'll per portal here and just hang out. 
And tactically, that's illegal. You're not supposed to do that. Technically, you're supposed to go check in with them at the the moon first and just let them know what you're doing and why you're here and all that. But there's a lot of entities who don't give a fuck about the rules and and they don't need to look at them. I have a, I was going to do like a dad joke. I was going to say, are are those illegal aliens? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then there's another thing you talked about too, where like there's, there's actually teams that hunt down like cryptids and stuff like that. Like, like, which a lot of times are just aliens that came here and they're maybe not necessarily supposed to be here. And I know Joseph Powell has done interviews about that. Uh, maybe it was on James Rink's Super Soldier Talk. Maybe it was on Knocked Off and Pilot with Penny Bradley. I'm not sure. But Joseph Powell has some some testimony about how, like, yeah, sometimes aliens will show up here and they're technically not supposed to be here. And there's actually mercenary groups that the government has that will, like, track them down. And, like, oh, there's yeah. that – There's that, I don't know if you've ever seen the picture of, uh, the picture of uh, like, the um, – there's like these kids in Mexico or something like that. And it's like a reptilian head. And it's like white with the red eyes. Have you ever seen that picture before? I don't think so. No. Well, anyway, I don't that, was, that was actually Joseph Powell was on that squadron. And he told the story of how those kids ended up with that head. Like he explained that story. Yeah. He's somebody that I, I wish he, would, he needs to be doing more interviews. He's just been so busy lately. Like he's somebody who you, he'd probably, you'd probably have an excellent show with him. If you've talked to him, like, Cryptid hunt. He like hey, literally was part of a cryptid hunt hunting squad. That would be the perfect person to come on the show and talk with you because uh, he could tell you all that. sorts of information. Yeah, so I should probably set him up. I know he's he's definitely like more than happy to do interviews. His life is just he's just busy as hell right now, which it happens to everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but well, kids, let's go back. I gotta family, tell you that kind of stuff. Okay, Arkeem. So somebody sent me a video uh, of. It was it was talking telling the story of a French king, and I don't know which year, I don't know which century this was. It might have been like the 1500s, 1600s. I don't know. It was a long time ago, but there were knights like it looked like the Knights Templar or something. But it was the knights. It wasn't the Templar knights, but um, he, he sent his knights out uh, to do. Uh, I guess they were sent out to go hunt cryptids like vampires and things like that. And they say this is a true story. They would they, he sent his knights out to go hunt cryptids. Uh, which I find fascinating. By the way, speaking of cryptids, let's go and talk about these blimmies before we go tonight, okay? And uh, because this is another cryptid and, and my bridge into this story, I'm thinking about all the cryptids and how uh, this king, this French king was sending his knights out to go hunt down cryptids. Okay, some people say that cryptids such as unicorns, dragons, blimmies okay and this is what a blimmy looks like you guys okay we were just talking about these earlier um blimmy it's like a, a humanoid with his face on the on his torso okay um some i i believe okay i'm just gonna go out and say it right now i believe that these are not just mythological creatures uh they go back in time centuries and centuries ago um authors from all over the world Artists from all over the world are drawing these things. Okay, we have like Japanese uh, artwork uh, with blimmies in them. We have um, Ethiopian uh, paintings uh, with the blimmies in them as well. Uh, pretty much all over the world, there were tales of these things. Okay, and dragons, Arkeem, and unicorns. And I mean, the, the symbolism confirm, is everywhere. I can, I can confirm that. So let me explain what happened. Okay. The Knights of Templar put out a decree, which is like the Catholic Church, whatever you want to call it, the 
Christian, like the, the inverted satanic. It's not actually of of Christ or of God. They inverted it and made it's a whole thing they do. It's complicated, but they decreed that all magical creatures needed to be hunted down and destroyed. Uh, it included the Blemies, it included Phoenix, it included dragons, it included griffins, and that's why you hear these stories of like King Arthur fighting dragons and stuff like that for the qu king and queen is because they actually they were mystical creatures and they're magical creatures and they're therefore they needed to be extinguished because that's what they're trying to make us forget on this planet is like that we're all magic stuff oh. like that like they they're trying to put us in this amnesia where we forget that and so we can't have dragons flying around and phoenix flying around but the thing that people don't understand about the dragons and the phoenix is they from what i recall i'm not stating this as fact but from what i recall at least with the phoenix especially is they're protectors of earth they were protectors and um it was a it was a bad move to do all that and i do also know like part of the order to kill all the animals um cats were a part of that like house cats because, um, you know, like ancient Egyptians worship and stuff like that because they are magical. They're extremely magical. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and the only reason why they didn't end up the way of the phoenix or the dragon or what have you or the blemies is because during the dark, during the, um, the, the plague, the black plague, uh, they found out that cats could eat rats, which were carrying the plague, and the cats wouldn't get the plague. They wouldn't carry it. So that meant they, they could get rid of the, they could help get rid of the plague. And that you know, the church kind of didn't matter with how the church said at that point, people were so scared of the plague that they're like, you know, we're not going to get, yeah. Like they kept the cats around to help with the plague. But before that cats were like seen as dark and evil and were being murdered like by people. And uh, so, yeah, that's a lot of the reason why there's all these creatures that, that used to exist that don't anymore is because through time travel and all this different stuff, the Templars, the Royals, uh, you know, basically the cabal, for for lack of a better term, um, they 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 got rid of all these creatures to put us in this mind control, loose harvesting, energy harvesting, mind control trap to where they can take your consciousness, send you out in twenty year to sixty year to you know full lifetimes even depending on who you are. Because like the reason why they do twenty impacts is because everyone can handle twenty years, but there are other people who can handle longer, and they do put them out there for longer. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just like they got rid of all these magical creatures and all this mystical knowledge because they want to keep us down. Period. They want to keep us down. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, cats are the protector of portals. Okay, so that that actually adds a whole other element to that too. When you think about that, cats are the protector of portals. They they stop things from coming in and out of portals that are unwanted. Okay, so yeah, interesting, yep. huh? Yeah, yeah, I believe that 100%. I do know that my cat is, um... Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. A very powerful being. Um, this is something that's going to sound really wild to people, but he was actually taken for the SSP programs recently. Um, he did a 600 and back, which is cyborg programs, so they can take somebody's consciousness for up to 600 years. Um, Penny Bradley is the first person to talk about this, so I won't really want to give her credit for that, but I, I, my, my cat uh, is a really powerful being and was taken from one of the, by one of these programs. And I know some of y'all that n- maybe know me, if you're watching the show, some people who know me saw that picture of my cat where it's like his eyes messed up, like his eyes all messed up. And the reason why we, we, we're giving him stuff and he's, he's healing up, you know, we, we brought him to a vet and everything. Like we want real world answers for the problems. But like, I do know, like part of it was caused by like the fact that when you're put in these cyborg bodies, okay, they have biological aspect to them but they kind of mix it with like armor, permanent armor. And what they do is they take out one of your eyes and put it back in with like a, like a rope, like a, a infrared, like rope, like heat seeking eye. Like the Terminator. Like the Terminator. Exactly. And that's why my cat's eye got all, it's like totally messed up, like overnight. Like it just randomly happened and it, it was totally bizarre. Um, and yeah. Um, you know, the human explanation is that he was, oh, he was just playing with the kitten or whatever. And in the back of my mind, I'm still thinking that. But also in the back of my mind, I know that's not what it was. Because another aspect of it is my cat was – it's totally different now. Like, it's not the same cat. Like, it, he used to, like, run around, be all full of energy. Like, you can tell, like, he's went – he just he's been through 600 years of shit. Like, you can tell, like, he's not the same cat anymore. He's just barely beginning to get back to his old self. And it's been, like mm-hmm. – his eyes been like that a while. So, yeah, this this, this goes really deep. And it, it's all about not understanding how reality works. They don't want us to understand how reality works. They want people to hear your cat got abducted 600 years and turned into a cyborg. You are, they want people to hear that and think, lunatic delusional that's what they want because if 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 i'm delusional and i'm a lunatic then they can continue it's free labor why would they stop it's free labor why would they why would they ever stop it's unlimited power unlimited labor unlimited resources for free all you got to do is throw their consciousness in a clone body it costs as much as it costs to grow a clone which from what i recall actually isn't that much like the the logistics we have right now where they're like oh it costs X million amounts of dollars to make a clone, yada, yada, yada. Yet you're talking by today's science. You're not talking their science, which is light years ahead of ours. It's not that expensive once you have the right resources and the right capabilities and the right science backing you up. And so, yeah, it's, that's, that's what a lot of this is. It's just, it's just uh, taking our power away from us, like making us have amnesia, making us forget, making us not realize who we are so that they can take advantage of us and take our energy from us and harvest our energy and one thing that i want to point out i've been saying this in like almost every interview is thieves don't break into empty houses we have something that they want they keep us under this control system because i think they're afraid of us and um our potential and what we could be and just think if we were to break free from the system that they have like i know for a fact like the draconian empire 
like a, a great deal of the resources, like great deal. Like I'm, is this an understatement? Like almost all it's like human armies, human mining, like humans are working for their mining corporations. Humans are doing so much of their work. Now just think if overnight, if somehow we were to break their system, their spell that they have on us, and we were to take all that human resource that is, you know, running the draconian empire and then apply that to our, our own system, our own human empire. Like, Obviously, like, like it's, you know, not as simple as, like, flipping a switch and doing that, but I just think that, like, it's, if we were able to step into our own sovereignty as human beings and given the respect that maybe we don't deserve it yet, but maybe if we we're just given the opportunity to slowly earn it, we'd be able to show that, like, that we deserve our sovereignty and, that, and then we'd be able to show our, like, we'd be able to take that power we have, which is obviously immense, otherwise they wouldn't be kidnapping and using us, we'd be able to take that immense power and use it for ourselves and kind of kind of heal humanity because obviously a lot of nefarious things have been happening to us and we've been we've been getting uh treated like cattle by the draconian empire literally treated like cattle so yeah it's just you know the beginning of all that is just like having these shows and talking about this stuff and getting people's gears turning in their brains so that they get their memory of of what's going on because like a lot of us it's internal it's inside of us we know it it's not some far off thing that we need to read stories on the internet like it's actually inside of us and we just need to jog our own memory so that's that's like one of my messages uh, uh, like overarching when i'm talking about this stuff yeah it's it's all about remembering who we are first of all why we're here and and tapping into that magic and real understanding that we are magic okay we are magic and it's a matter of uh, just realizing it and turning that magic way up okay and uh, and spreading a little bit of love and light whenever we can um, yeah, this, this has been one of my favorite interviews, one of my favorite remote viewing shows, oh, Arkeem. I'm serious. This is amazing. I have, I have really enjoyed this. Okay. And, uh, and I do a lot of shows. Okay. <laughs> well, but, I appreciate it. And, and it's definitely an honor for you to say that. Cause I mean, I watch your show and you do have some absolutely amazing guests on your show. So, um, it's an honor to be, you know, can, you know, considered one of your, your best guests because you've got quality on this channel of yours. So I really appreciate that. Of course. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here. I mean, do you think that we were pretty on target? You think with your, um, with Davenport underground? Yeah, I think there's a lot more that we could look at. Honestly, like I'm curious about a lot of things like, but I mean, it's definitely a start to get things, the wheels turning. Like I think like the fact that I gave you a blind target and the information you gave me is telling because it does sound like an underground facility and it does sound like, yeah, like um, you're seeing you're seeing uh, like all the people down there. And I think it's in a time bubble. Um, yeah, I think you're really accurate. I'm, I'm still curious. There's still I still have questions, though. Like I, there's still much so much more I want to know about this underground facility. And I, I want to potentially get to the point like with some of these facilities, I really do think they need to get shut down. That's part of the reason why I'm talking about them is because, like, yeah. I think they need, like, I think that facility down there, like, it seems like it's not good things happening down there, and that's part of the reason why I kind of wanted to come on your show. And so I think in in the in that we we succeeded big time is we 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 blew the door open on the fact that there's something weird going on underneath Davenport, and it's kind of funny to think about. I wonder if there's anybody who watches your show who's from Davenport. He's like, <laughs> oh, oh, crap. Hello, Davenport guy or, or girl, wherever you are. If you're watching, make sure to comment and yeah. ask, let us know if there's anything weird that goes on there. 
Yeah, I think I have a picture. Davenport is actually really pretty. I have I, I have a picture of Davenport. It's beautiful. There's like a is that a I guess a river there. Um, it's yeah, it a beautiful like a, town. Looks there. like a, yeah. a typical scenic north uh northern midwestern town town. Yeah, it's beautiful up up like outside above ground. But there's some nefarious things going on underground there, I believe. And uh, yeah, I mean, all it takes is one one of the right people to see this show and uh, and to take some action if they need to, you know, uh, just to hear it, just to open people's minds. And I don't know, I hope I don't get another proverbial knock at my door after this one. I'm just saying. <laughs> Too late now. Yeah, it's well, already aired. So yeah, if these people, if these, here's, here's good advice to, to, to those who would maybe give you the proverbial knock. Um, if you don't want intel being leaked about the stuff you're doing, then stop having me, Arkeem Ra, wake up at your facilities because I very obviously fucking remember shit. You guys should realize this by now. That is half the reason I'm public is because I'm hoping that these people maybe hesitate a little bit more about taking me considering the fact that i'm remembering what they've done that they're trying to hide and i'm blowing the lid on it like the whole that's part of, it's like self-perseverance like to me common sense dictates like that you don't want your secret plan to get foiled so that's why that's part of the reason why i go public about this stuff is because like yeah if you don't if you you don't need to knock on jessica's door stop knocking on my door then i won't talk about this stuff how about that guys <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, you listen. I I love I love that we're able to talk about it, and uh, and you have an amazing you have a great YouTube channel. You and Brian Singh have just started doing shows together. Yeah, Your we did Tyler Koala, which was I'm you do our show with Tyler was it was crazy. amazing. Like, I, it, it was, was really amazing. an honor. You could tell he wanted to get that off his chest, and he felt like our platform was a good place to do it, and that's an honor, man. Because you know, like obviously Tyler does interviews all the time he's incredibly busy he's filming documentaries left and right stuff like this so to have them be like no i want to take an hour and a half of my day to go on you know the show and say some stuff that happened to me for a change which is it was absolutely mind-blowing like i recommend people watch that interview with them but like yeah um yeah i had him on the show recently and uh, i'm sure i'll have you on the show again in the near future and i've had you on the past and um yeah, with Brian, I think it's just kind of taking things up a notch. Um, we're going to do shows with Kat, too, my girlfriend Kat. Um, and uh, the idea is to kind of, like, have a little bit of a, like, a loose-knit group where, like, like it doesn't need to be one person doing this. Like, this is a collaborative effort. Like, disclosure now, it's like an ethos. You know what I mean? It's more than, like, a, an uh it's an organization, you know, we're trying to make it kind of more organized, like an organization, like come join the disclosure now team type thing. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. Uh, yeah so, um, and yeah, it's an honor to have Brian aboard just because he has a really good perspective. Um, he's not like as deep in this, like he doesn't have like a million memories of SSP and stuff like that. So he's more inquisitive. He has questions like stuff I take for granted. Like he'll actually ask about it, which is good for the viewers because they don't, they don't, they can't just take things for granted like I do. So yeah, I think it's a, it's going to be good doing the show moving forward with him. I think he did a really great job with Tyler and then Kat is co-hosting with me sometimes too. And um, just, yeah, like I said, just trying to keep the channel like, like, like kind of like a collaborative thing. Like, I, like, you know, and like just in general, like coming on each other's shows and stuff like that. Like, I think it's really important that we all collaborate and just try to be friends with each other. And, uh, because, uh, this is more than just like us being inquisitive and asking questions, which is cool. And that's a really important part of it, but it's also like us 
blowing the lid on some very nefarious things that are happening. And I, and I would dare call it an activist movement. Like I would say like, this is literally full disclosure now as an activist movement. So, and that's, that's where Brian comes in. Where it's like, I've always thought that. And that was, he like reached out to me and we've been video chatting. And then I met him at Montauk and that right out the gate was what he said is like, this needs to be an organized movement, not just, you guys giving your testimony on the internet like it needs that we need to actually do something about this like I, and where do we start that's where we're at right now it's like what, what, what do we got to do and so yeah it's it's all about just like all these nefarious things that are going on it's about turning the table on that switching the table on that and trying to trying to make it so that these technologies that are hidden from us can to uh take advantage of us oh maybe we could turn that around and have that technology be public and something that the the public can take an advantage of and it can help society instead of damage it. And that like, that's, that's like a whole idea is like, to me, like there's nothing more important. Like there's all these other different causes that people can get caught up in doing stuff like that. And that's fine. Like you don't have to dick measure when it comes to like what cause is more important. Like every cause that needs voices behind it is important. But I just think that like, for me, my cause them giving a voice behind is this disclosure now movement because it is important. It's not just some hypothetical like uh thing that is uh fun for me. It's my life. So um yeah, that's like my whole goal is to just really get this out there. And uh it's it's good to have help. It's good to have people that are passionate and know what they're doing and are eloquent speakers and everything else like that that are, are willing to help me. So um, yeah, moving forward, um, just like uh, I'm just trying to collaborate with as many people as possible and make as big of an impact as possible and get this whole disclosure movement out of the conference circle and into the public eye and into the courtrooms of the world and get some people prosecuted and get some money into the hands of people who got taken advantage of and get some healing centers set up, some DID healing centers set up so that these people like me can integrate their altars and heal in a clinical setting. So yeah, it's, it's it's all a lot. I'm sorry for the little rant at the end. I, I get passionate, I get emotional about this stuff. But yeah, it's it's uh it's it's great to have Brian aboard, and it's great to be doing what we're doing. It's scary sometimes, but it's it, I'm glad we're doing it, and I'm proud of what we're doing. Yeah, don't ever apologize. You you deserve healing. Everyone that's been involved in any of these programs deserves healing, and they deserve answers uh, to a lot of this too. And um and it's. Yeah, I mean, you're doing the right thing. I'm so glad to be able to help too with the remote viewing targets. Uh, I'm always here for you, Arkeem. Okay, uh, you can shoot me some coordinates anytime, and we'll we'll explore I some more of these you. things. You're, okay, you're an amazing yeah. person to have uh, as a friend, and um, not just because you're you know obviously a talented remote viewer, but just because you're a really good person. And um, yeah, I appreciate your friendship, Jessica. I definitely consider you a friend and more than just a, like a colleague that this works on this paranormal circuit with me. Like I consider you a friend. So yeah, really appreciate you. And I'm really glad we know each other. Oh, shucks. Thank you. You're awesome. So is Kat. What's up, Kat? I hope you're watching tonight. <laughs> and Brian, everybody over there. Uh, okay, everybody, please go subscribe to Disclosure Now. That's on YouTube. And uh, are you on social media, Arkeem, as well? Yeah, we have a Disclosure Now Facebook group, which um, I need to post in more and stuff, but it's the same thing, Disclosure Now with an exclamation point. And then Brian Singh um, is on you know, Facebook, and so am I, Arkeem Rao Wood. And uh, yeah, um, we're definitely uh, ramping up the show, uh, trying to make, make it a little bit more professional. Like I really started with just like, okay, I'm going to interview on Zoom and slap it on the internet. 
and yeah, now we're trying to get to the point where like we have like a nice background like you have and messages at the bottom and you know what I mean? Just trying to trying to like I just think like with Brian, like multiple heads on board, me, Brian, Kat, like, you know, um it just it just helps like uh us be able to put our heads together and make it look better, make it look more professional. Um, if we want to make a video, if we want to interview a guest, we can kind of all talk about it to make sure like we're interviewing good people that we want to have on the show. And just, yeah, I'm just like really excited that it's not just me. Um, that, that felt, it feels better. It feels way much, much way better to have help. So yeah, it's pretty oh, cool. Yeah. That's what friends are for too, right? Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you, you get that? the best of both worlds because you have like shows that you go on with your friends and then you have your own show and stuff. So you get the best of both worlds. So I'm, I'm sure you know what that's like, you know what that's about. It's it's nice to have help sometimes. It is, it is. Well, I'm a, I'm like a one woman band over here, but um, but I couldn't <laughs> do it without the help of all my friends too, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, we all, all my guests, I mean, I have the best guests and the best friends in the world. And, uh, and so, and there's never nothing to talk about. Like we always have topics. There's always something exciting to look into. And uh, we keep it fresh over here at the Cryptid Hunters channel. Okay. And uh, looking into cool stuff like this target you gave me tonight. So Arkeem, thank you so much again for being here. I just, gosh, I just love you to death. Thank you so much. <laughs> and, um, awesome. Awesome. We'll do it again soon. And everybody, please come see me this weekend at Spaced Out Radio. Uh, I'm going to have a couple of cool guests again. Oh, of course, I always have the coolest guests. Uh, 10 p.m. Eastern. 7 Pacific over at Spaced Out Radio. All right, y'all. If y'all go to any Halloween parties this weekend, y'all be safe out there. And, uh, and oh, by the way, I have a very special Halloween Dogman encounter special on Halloween night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's, it's in the works right now. Uh, but, yeah, you guys expect that Tuesday night. 9 p.m. Eastern. All right, Arkeem. We'll see you later, Arkeem. Um, I can't wait to see what you guys have in store over at Disclosure now. All right. Y'all have a great night. Be safe out there. And we'll see you, you next time. Bye, y'all. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.